What is up, my people? How are you doing today? I am your host, Jay Reese, and this is Bite the Bullet. And like always, I have an awesome guest behind the wings waiting to come out and share that knowledge with you because she is, if I had to pick a word, any word of the English language that I know, I would say she's humble, she's awesome, she is kind, she is intelligent, she is smart. I mean, I can keep going. I'm gonna, I can't stop at just one word because she is just all that and a bag of chips. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm dating myself now. I'm using the old slang. But anyway, let me go ahead and quit babbling and go ahead and read off and give her a proper intro. <clears throat> Dr. Taryn McCarthy is a motivational speaker and podcast host of the Business of Happiness podcast, empowering business leaders and the leaders of their own dreams to strive for inner fulfillment. Dr. McCarthy says, in the first decade of her career, she reveled in cult culturally recognizable success and drowned herself in her personal turmoil and depression. She has since embarked on a quest for greater purpose, joy in business, joy in life, and committed to greater contribution. Dr. McCarthy is an orthodontist and co-owner of Embrace Orthodontics in Maine. Using the techniques she teaches, Embrace grew from a scratch startup to the top 1% Invisalign provider in the country within four years. Dr. McCarthy teaches business owners across the globe on empowering their teams so they can be ambassadors of their dreams and how to redefine success to find happiness in work and ultimately in their lives. That's what I'm talking about. Without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Dr. Taryn McCarthy. Hello, my <laughs> friends. Oh, hello. And thank you so much for having me. I just cannot believe the energy you bring to every episode, Jay. It is inspirational. <laughs> I'll tell you, it is a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I, I'm a firm believer of being your natural self. And if my family could tell you, they would tell you I'm a ball of energy from morning till dusk. Man, it is day. an honor to be a witness to this. It really is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But that's enough about me. You are on the show, so we can talk about you. And I, I want the first thing I want to ask you is, what are some of the principles that you teach to make this world a better place and to make it a, have a greater contribution to everything. Oh, well, thank you for if asking. If that question makes sense. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the clients who I work with very closely know how mm -hmm. to achieve success in terms of putting their nose to the grindstone and work in it. You mm -hmm. know, these I'm talking about people who know how to dedicate decades of their lives to just consistently yeah. showing up for work. And the one thing that I've noticed with such successful people who are high achievers and mm. really know how to dedicate time and sacrifice their time for, other, for, for their uh, professional pursuits, one thing I've noticed is they don't take time for themselves. And most importantly, they don't give themselves permission to dream beyond the dream that they established for themselves decades ago. 
And it's interesting because this is where we start getting into the discussion of success and what col mm -hmm. our culture and our society defines as successful. And, you know, it's so interesting because sometimes we realize we've been pursuing someone else's definition of success. Someone else Ooh, somewhere along the line, you know, told us what a successful mm -hmm. father is or a successful dentist or a successful mother or a successful author. And we thought that's mm -hmm. the that's what I got to live up to. That's what I have to strive to be. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Jay, but you wake up one day and you're sitting in what you worked so hard towards because you and I know if mm -hmm. you do something over and over and over and over, you're going to get you're going to get there. You're going to reach a certain level of achievement. The more time mm -hmm. and effort you put into the same effort every day, you're going to find a certain level of success. But sometimes it's not the happiness that you had hoped for when mm. you got there. Yeah. So some of the things we talk about is reevaluating our own definition of success for ourselves, because no one else can tell you what success is in your life other than yourself. Oh, and that's a hard lesson to learn, because I know for myself, I was trying so hard for many years to fit into everybody else's containers. Mm -hmm. And I was trying so hard to be what everybody else needed me to be. Mm. So what was the process like for you mm. to not try to be every, once you figured out like, you know what, this isn't my version of success. Mm. I need to do something different. Can you walk us through that mental shift? You know, it was a process, Jay. It didn't happen overnight. Mm. I think it started with yeah. the wake up call when I realized that it wasn't what I had hoped it would be. And when that came, Jay, was I had dedicated my 20s, literally my enti the entire 20s, my a whole decade of my life to <laughs> becoming a dentist and, you know, just thought that that was going to be the ultimate and kept thinking, well, when I achieve that, I'll be happy. When I get mm -hmm. there, I'll be happy. So literally put happiness yeah. aside, put my health aside, put my dreams aside other than this one goal um, and then mm -hmm. just push through. And when I got to my thirties thought, okay, I'm, st I'm still not super happy. So now I need to own a business. So let's do that. And then you know, put nose to the right. grindstone again and woke up one day and thought, geez, this is wholly unfulfilling. So what do I mm. need now? I think society tells me I need a family, right? So once again, because I'd been neglecting my body for so long, it was very difficult mm -hmm. for me to conceive, which actually is Ooh. a very common problem with high achieving men and women who have neglected their bodies for pursuit of professional success is they push through these very delicate years and deny yeah. their body of the important things they need. And then they really struggle with mm -hmm. uh, conceiving. And then thinking that, okay, once I have a child, then I'll feel fulfilled and happy. Yeah. And once again, you can guess the, the rest of the story that came and that still felt unfulfilling. And now what starts to happen is we start to add shame because now I have everything I could possibly want. I have everything that I dreamt of. And as you say, and a bag of chips and 
I'm still not happy. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I've done everything I've set out to do. I have the beautiful house. I have the fancy car. I have the fancy neighbors. I have the children. I have the handsome husband. Why am I so uh -huh. unhappy? And, you know, I think what a lot of people do is we resort to the things we know to fulfill us. So we lean to yeah. things like alcohol and food. And if you're a high achiever, work. And in many cases, um, excessive exercise. You know, just either it's a form of escape or it's just a way to try to find that fulfillment mm -hmm. in something, whether it's in the bottom of a bottle or the finish line of a marathon. And I'm telling you this because I tried all those things. And every time there was a little bit, you know, that there's some solace that comes and then you feel wholly unfulfilled again because they all mm -hmm. take away from that one thing that you're looking for, which is really addressing your inner values. And I, mm -hmm. you know, the, the low point for me came when I realized here mm -hmm. I was pushing myself to be the successful orthodontist and, you know, working all day long and fighting, fighting, mm -hmm. fighting to push my practice to be the best it possibly could be, exhausting myself, yeah. getting up to go to the gym at four in the morning, doing all the things I thought I had to do, and then coming mm -hmm. home and having one, two, three glasses of wine just to escape. And at one point, I remember telling my daughter, she was about three or four years old, telling her to just put herself to bed. I was exhausted. I just needed to collapse on the couch. And yeah. I realized that I was teaching my daughter the very toxic definition of success. I was showing her that in order to be successful, you had to come home, yeah. drink glasses of wine to forget the day. You're too tired from mm -hmm. performing all day that you don't have enough energy for your family, that you just mm -hmm. have to push through the week to get to the weekend. And yeah. that's what I realized when I sat down and did the math, Jay, I couldn't believe that if I was pushing through Monday through Friday, I was living only two days a week. I was only hoping for two days of life a week uh -huh. in my whole yeah. life. You know, it was so sad to me. And, and even on a Sunday, and so many of my colleagues and many of your listeners might might um, relate to this feeling, but on Sunday, halfway through the day, you start sweating thinking, oh man, I gotta go back tomorrow. Here we go, I gotta rev up. You start losing and robbing yourself of hours on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm only laughing and so enthusiastic because I relate to this story so much. Um, a lot of the, the listeners probably already know, and if um, if you and I haven't shared this, if I haven't shared the story with you, when I back when I worked a corporate job, I was doing the same thing. Like I would try to work out like early in the morning before work. I'd go work anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day, mm -hmm. come home. I'd be tired, exhausted. Don't want to spend time with my family. Cause soon I got to home, I'd be thinking about stuff at work. When I was at work, I'd be thinking about home and it was this never ending cycle. I was just a miserable, unhappy mm -hmm. person. And as you said, I was working for the weekend. And when the weekend came, I was so stressed out because I knew I had to go back to work on Monday. It's terrifying. And then you realize you're not yeah. even living your life. You know, you have the, mm. I did, you have yeah. the boat 
but you can't even spend time on the boat. You're so busy working to pay for the boat. It's like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no point. You know, yeah. and here's the interesting thing, Jay, and this is where I bring a slightly different perspective from the dental mm -hmm. industry is that what's okay. different about dentistry from a lot of other professions is that in order to become a dentist, in order to mm -hmm. go through all the schooling and then to purchase a practice or to start a practice from scratch, meaning taking out a loan to establish the practice, you have to take on so much debt to the tune of, uh, you know, before I even saw one patient, I had $900,000 of debt. Before one patient paid me $1 for one service. Mm -hmm. Yo, mad respect mm -hmm. to any orthodontist. And mm -hmm. then, yo, that, ah, $900,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's more than my house in New York. Yo, that was crazy. <laughs> you know, so, so the problem is, Jay, you can't wake up mm -hmm. when you're 36 years old and say, I can't live this way. I'm going to be a yoga instructor. You don't have that mm -hmm. choice. There's no option to throw out what you've built so far. There's no option to not go to work that day. There's no option to suddenly yeah. throw your hands up and say, I'm going to do something mm -hmm. different with my life. This isn't what I had hoped for. And this is what, I, what I'm so passionate about bringing to my colleagues mm -hmm. is there is another way to find happiness without having to throw away everything that you've worked for decades for, without having to mm -hmm. throw away your dream just because you wake up one day and say, this version of me is not what I had hoped mm -hmm. for. Yeah. And so if I told you, you know, you just described that day of yours, of yours in corporate, if I told you my day now, so mm -hmm. my day back in 2008, 2005, looked like get up at 4 a.m., work out, go mm -hmm. to work, yeah. work all day, come home at around six, uh, you know, drink a couple glasses of wine, fall asleep in front of the TV, or push my children to bed as quickly as I could so that I could collapse into bed to get up in the morning and do it all over again. Today, mm. and, and then mind you, add in the misery, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Feelings of inadequacy, uh, resentment, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, anxiety, constant anxiety, depression, definitely, mm. and, and also this feeling of um, imposter, being an imposter, like posing that you're something that you're not. You know, to the yeah. point where I literally didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I honestly would look in the mirror and not know who was looking back at me and definitely didn't like her. Mm -hmm. And if, if I told you now what my day looks like, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, I go to the gym, I go to work. I have a spectacular day with my patients. Mm -hmm. I still do the same orthodontics. I'm still married to the same man. I have the same children. Mm -hmm. And I come <laughs> home and I feel right. wholly fulfilled and happy so that I can be fully present for my daughter at night. Mm. And I can be fully present for my patients during the day. 
and I can be fully present right. for my team members who I'm leading in this incredible mission that we now have identified that speaks to my values and everything has changed. And the only thing that changed was me. The day looks the same. I still love working out. Yeah. I still make time to work out. I still work hours dedicated to the success of my practice and with this incredible mission of empowering mm -hmm. my patients with their smiles. Ooh. But everything is different because I've changed what the perception in my mind, the perception of my purpose. I've tapped into why that purpose of what I do every day, what value that has mm -hmm. for me. It doesn't just have chasing the dollar sign anymore. That's not it. I'm yeah. not afraid of the dollar sign anymore. I've let that fear go. Now I know why I do every day what I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let me play let me play devil's advocate for a second because I know there are people out there who are like, that's awesome when you already have something that's established yep. for those yep. people who might be starting for those people who are starting out and there's more month than there is money in the paycheck right how are they able to or what would your suggestion be for those who are wanting for something for purpose but they got to make sure there's food on the table absolutely what i didn't tell you about that story in the middle there mm -hmm. right. is I, lo I lost everything I'm telling oh. you, I hired a bankruptcy attorney. I had mm -hmm. nothing. I had nothing. I had not one dollar to my name. In between those two stories I just told you, not one dollar mm -hmm. to my name. I had my education, which is a lot. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I lost everything. And so going and putting one foot in front of the other again, when I had three children that I needed mm -hmm. to feed, when I had bills I had to pay, when I had this debt that was coming in and not $1 in the door, I I left everything. I thought, I can't do this anymore. I sold my practice. Mm -hmm. I walked away from it. I knew it was toxic to me the way I had established it. And I went to nothing. So I know that feeling, the feeling of I just have to do something. So what I actually did in the meantime was I looked at my resources and I worked with what I had and I knew that I had this education. So I actually went to mm -hmm. teaching and I started teaching in order to pay the bills. And then I was looking, working on my personal development in the meantime. But while I was teaching, mm -hmm. I was also taking the time to start exploring what mattered to me. What was it I was looking for? What was success going to look like for me? I was ready to never go back to dentistry again. I was, in fact, I was convinced I never mm -hmm. would. But there was something still mm -hmm. speaking to me, reminding me about the passion that I had for it, that interaction with my patients. There was still a calling of being one-on-one -on -one with my patients. And so what mm -hmm. it what I needed to do was just reframe it and look at my value system in a new way. Because, and this is the thing, Jay, that I think we don't we don't allow ourselves. And this is one of the the three permissions I talk about. And the first permit, the second permission is the permission to honor your values. And you know, we all think we have high values. Nobody says I don't have high values. <laughs> Right. I've never heard anyone. No, say I don't know. That. I, have, I have very low. I have very low <laughs> values. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but you know, how many people have actually sat down and written them down, and not just written them down, but 
mm-hmm. put them in order of priority and then allowed the self judgment oh, okay. to fall away because it's a humbling experience when you do that because it's very hard to admit to yourself that maybe your value yeah. of family is not number one. That, mm-hmm. that, that's something I had to come to terms with. I, family values are incredibly important to me, but they're not my highest priority, which, oh, that was hard. That was hard. But when I allowed myself that insight into my values, it gave me permission to reach for those things. It gave me permission to honor what success looks like to me. And when I Mm -hmm. gave myself that permission to honor one of my biggest values, my highest values is growth, personal growth Mm -hmm. and, and growth in all aspects of my life. When I gave myself permission to grow, then I could be present Mm -hmm. again for my family. You know, if we, if we're constantly denying ourselves something that's burning inside of us, then we don't, allow mm-hmm. ourselves to see the most beautiful part of us as well. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's funny because when you suppress something, a negative emotion, you suppress the positive ones too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I didn't realize this until my wife, we were in a conversation about me always retreating when I had like tough emotions or being all moody around the house because Mm -hmm. I had grew up where you weren't supposed to like outburst or say your emotions. You just bottled it up and didn't say everything's fine. Everything's okay. But yet you're walking around the house stomping and being all moody. And my wife finally came to me one day and she was like, I know something's wrong with you. Why don't you just tell me? Mm. So long story short, we worked it out and I figured that like, okay, when I feel this way, something's going on. I need to deep, dive deep. But as you're, you're saying, all of my positive emotions, all my energy, all my happy-go-lucky Mr. Positivity would get suppressed as well because I had that cloud of unhappiness pushing me away from my family and everything that I'm actually supposed to do. So I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. And there's even a second layer there is that when you don't feel Mm -hmm. that Mr. Positivity, you start feeling bad about yourself. Why am I not, where am I not allowing myself to feel like Mr. Positivity again? You don't even, Mm -hmm. you don't even notice what you've done, but you feel worse about yourself. And that's that shame part that slips in Mm -hmm. there when you don't even recognize yourself anymore. Now now you're speaking exactly to what I was saying earlier. When you look in the mirror and you say, I'm supposed to be looking at Mr. Positivity and he's not looking back at me. Mm And then you start feeling shameful about, about mm-hmm. it. You know, that's not right. who I am. And and the interesting thing is, um, you know, so many of the people who I interact with are in the healthcare professions mm-hmm. and right. came to the healthcare professions because they want to care for others. You know, mothers come to be mothers and I believe many fathers too, because they want to take care of someone. There's this like great Mm -hmm. need to care for other people. And when you can't be yourself, you're not as as wonderful to the people who you serve. You're not as um, effective or impactful or 
present mm -hmm. for those people who you want so desperately to serve. And that's what I found as well. When I didn't see myself in the mirror, I couldn't be the leader I was dying to be. I was disappointing myself every day. And then I'd come home and I couldn't be the mother I was dying to be. I was disappointing myself every day. And everywhere I felt like a failure. And maybe it was just my personal experience, but to me, it seems like a horrible, never-ending cycle unless you start being conscious of it because you want to do X, Y, and Z, but you start being depressed because you can't do it. So then when you go home to do other things and be supportive, you can't do those. So you depress that much more and it just keeps going and spiraling and spiraling yep. down until yep. you're conscious of it. Because even for me, it took me years to become the person you see before you because yeah. I wasn't taking the time to self-explore and recognize Mr. Positivity in the mirror. Yeah, that's it. That's everything. That's everything. And, and the way I phrase it, and you just said so beautifully and eloquently is the permission to dream. And that dreaming ability is to envision something different, something more. You know, I think society has told us that Mm -hmm. you've made your bed, you better sleep in it. You know, that kind of thing. Like uh, you've, already, you've created this. <laughs> right, yeah. Now you deal with uh -huh. it, right? And and I've, mm -hmm. I've put myself in this position. I just got to put, I just got to see it through, right? I don't have a choice. And we forget to give ourselves mm -hmm. the permission to dream in terms of, can there be something better than this? Do I have to just settle for this? You know, and it's so mm -hmm. hard when, you know, and I, and I, I appreciate what you're saying when your listeners say, you know, easy for you to say you have a lot of money or you, you're in a certain um, certain level of success, easy for you to say. Right. But I'm telling you mm -hmm. that there's also a lot of fear associated all along the line. The fear is not different oh, yeah. for someone who makes $10 an hour and someone who makes $100 an hour and someone who makes $1,000 an mm -hmm. hour. Fear is palpable. Fear mm -hmm. can bring you to your knees. I don't care who you are. And there's this interesting part of high achievers where they feel like they've put so much into this that they can't let it mm. go now. They can't dream something different. And the same is true in relationships, in marriages, in relationships with friends, mm -hmm. where you think I've invested so much into this, I can't even allow myself to dream something different. Yes, and and, uh, and I laugh because there are so many people who get stuck on that, as, as you're saying, like they spent so much time building a relationship or they have these bonds that they've had since grade school or however long, mm -hmm. and they feel like they can't let them go or they'll be, they won't be true to themselves or they mm -hmm. got to keep their street cred or, oh, yeah. you don't, you can, you don't remember where you came from. And I'm, right. like, I'm sorry. Were you there when I was at school? Were you there helping me along the way? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's these mentalities. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't help people and I'm not saying you shouldn't be there if you can, but you're not obligated to go back and help or do anything for anybody, at least in my opinion. And let me tell you, you can't help someone if you haven't taken care of yourself. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. You or you can't help them to the extent that you are capable of if you haven't taken care of yourself first. And that I believe to be true. There is no yeah. way that I could serve my patients and my community 
the way that I do now when I was in that position last 10 years ago. There's no way I couldn't have been the giving person that I am now, not just in my personality and in my therapy for my patients and for my mm -hmm. clients, but even financially, there's no way I had no room. I had nothing more to give. You know, I had nothing else. Mm -hmm. I was living so close to the line that there wasn't a dollar to support somebody in need. You know, so you have to feed yourself and support yourself so that you can mm -hmm. support others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite analogies is that you have to self-love and you have to self-care so that way you can fill your own cup before you even try to start pouring it to others. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be pouring from an empty cup, which we all know is virtually impossible. Impossible and feels terrible. Feels terrible. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Taryn, I know I could talk to you all day long. <laughs> but I think this might be a good place to transition to the world famous, the infamous bite the bullet questions. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, oh, she's ready. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Taryn has not seen these questions, which disclaimer, she watched my show a couple of days ago. So I think she <laughs> might have heard them, but she don't remember the questions. She no, don't I remember forgot. the questions. No. <laughs> but it's all good because these are still tough questions regardless. Let's so go. we're going to get into it. And you said you're ready. You're ready. Let's go. What motivates you to do what you do? Still a tough question, Jay. It's always a tough question. <laughs> you know why? Because it changes, Jay. It changes. And I think that that's important. I think it's important to allow it to change. You know, I, Fair think, enough, that, yeah. I think it's important to allow it to change. What, motiva what motivates me in this season of my life? Mm -hmm. This is going to be an unpopular answer. Fair enough. Your opinion, your, your, your answer. What motivates me is mm -hmm. the is the is the promise, is the potential and the promise that I see in others. What motivates me is oh. knowing, 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 conviction, mm -hmm. knowing yeah. that we are so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And I see it in people every single day. I know that mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a person inside there that has all the tools, that has mm. the potential for greatness and greatness in his or her own definition. But I know that, that, that each of us has that within us and that motivates me. Oh, I like that. That's not an unpopular opinion. I like that. That's cool. I like that one. <laughs> I'm glad you like All it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What is one common myth about your profession that you would like to debunk? Well, I got a couple of professions under my wing here, but I'm assuming you, you mean about dentistry. And Whichever I think profession you'd like to debunk. Yeah. I think that 
Huh. I think dentists get a bad rap. Um, and actually, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's, it's so interesting to me. It's like a friend of mine who's a veterinarian. And for uh -huh. some reason, veterinarians get a bad rap too. And she said, you know, ever since I was little, I just wanted to, I loved animals and I just wanted to care for animals. And I thought, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. what a wonderful life to be a veterinarian. Every day I look after animals and I bring them back to health. And, you know, she said people are, hate her so much for being a veterinarian and being a business owner and a successful business owner. And I think the same is true for dentists. You know, I think dentists, many dentists oh. are misunderstood. Dentists are yeah. represented in um, in uh, the film industry as being, I don't know, vindictive and de demonic and, you know, like to see people in pain. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the furthest from the truth. I mean, literally, we put... <sighs> We put smiles on people's faces every day. And I don't know why we have this reputation for wanting to see people in pain. Um, but I think that, you know, dentists are also under-recognized and undervalued in our, right. in our society for caring for people when they most need it, you know, and, and people's mouths are a very vulnerable place. It's takes a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, confidence to be able to allow someone to work inside your mouth and every day I'm honored for that respect that my patients give me that is hugely respectful to give me that opportunity to care for them but I think dentists are misunderstood in terms of being I don't know money hungry or they like to see people in pain all these misrepresentations of of dentists and really uh -huh. Dentists care passionately about their patients, and we know how uncomfortable patients are, and we know how much mm -hmm. how much it takes to expose yourself to that extent, to open your mouth. You're so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the one place that can be so vulnerable, and people have such a fear of dental pain, such dental anxiety, mm -hmm. with validly so, because it's so uncomfortable. And so I think that... Mm -hmm. Dentists get mis misrepresented a lot in that way. And every dentist I know has such a huge heart and understanding for the honor that, that it is to be able to do this work for our patients. I, I, I agree with you completely. Um, I, I admit wholeheartedly <laughs> that as an adult, I, underst I, I understand dentistry and I know they're not evil, they're not demonic, <laughs> but as a kid, I was not a fan of this, which I don't no. think there's many kids who are. No. Um, and to be fair, my my first introduction, or at least my first conscious thought about the dentist, was the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. That was my first. You're not alone. Many people have that perception. Even, you know, what is that? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's this big thing that that little kid gets on his head that the orthodontist puts yeah. on him. And there are not many uh -huh. good representations of dentistry in, <laughs> in Hollywood. And that's the truth, you know? And so I think yeah. that, I think it's fear. I think people are fearful. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, um, Dentists are incredible 
incredible human beings who really yeah. are leaders of whole teams of incredible people. There's a whole team behind every mm -hmm. dentist. It's not a dentist who stands alone, but hygienists and assistants and receptionists and patient care coordinators who all have the same mission of caring for their community. And they mm. really are very special, heartfelt people. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. Um, luckily, my children have had some awesome, awesome dentists cool. in the years since they've grown. So my, my kids aren't afraid of dentists, which I do admit my son, uh, he had his dentist appointment. I don't know, maybe about a month ago and leading up to the appointment, he told my wife and I, I don't like going to the dentist. And we're like, no. why? He's like, he's like, he's nice. But every time I go, he gives me cavities. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it don't work that way, son. It that's not the way it works. Uh, to be to be fair, I don't want anyone adding me and thinking my son doesn't brush his teeth. He has <laughs> asthma and he he has to use his inhaler a lot. And at the time, we didn't know that he needed to brush his teeth after he got his asthma after yeah. he puffed on it a little bit. Yeah, and that was causing his teeth to rot. So it was, it was a whole thing. But he said that and we we're like, really, <laughs> really. So yeah. That's very, very sweet. Very sweet. I think your son's not alone in that misunderstanding. I think many people feel that way. They'd rather stay away and not have cavities. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Next, next question. What's, what's one thing you wish you had known before you began your particular career? Which I know you have multiple hats. So hmm. any works. I wish I'd known that I could, that I that I was more capable than I gave myself credit for. I wish I had known that I could do or be anything I wanted to be and not judge myself for it. You know, it's interesting because um, I was raised in a time where I was very fortunate as a woman, mm -hmm. as, a, as a daughter, as a white woman um, in a white family, mm -hmm in a very privileged way, I was very fortunate to be told from a young age that I could do anything I wanted to, I, that I could mm. be anything I wanted to. So it sounds like I'm saying the opposite, but for some right. reason I second guessed myself and I don't know where that mm -hmm. came from. I don't know at what point along the line, the story was attached to me and I owned it as my story, but I always mm -hmm. had an idea that I could have a certain amount of and I'm going to call it success. And I don't mean that in a financial way. I mean that in a fulfillness right. way, in a, in a happiness mm -hmm. way. And I always thought that it could, that there couldn't be more than that, that I had to kind of pay a penance, a little bit of penance mm -hmm. along the way too. Like it could have so much, but just not much more. Or there's mm -hmm. this, this idea of, you know, just being happy with what you've got. And, and, mm. And I believe in gratitude. I have a gratitude practice every day of my life. And I believe in valuing the abundance around you. And I believe in mm -hmm. acknowledging what is there instead of focusing on the lack. I think that's enormously powerful. But what I'm talking Absolutely. about is that mm -hmm. permission to dream. I wish I had, and and it's and you know part of it I I don't because I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't gone through mm -hmm. the life journey that I had, but um, I think that that is the one thing I wish for my children that they would give themselves permission to always keep dreaming, keep dreaming mm -hmm. bigger and 
And once again, I don't yes. mean bigger in terms of a bigger house or a bigger bank account. I mean bigger in terms of your happiness and your fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to settle for what is. You know, nothing was ever achieved or invented or created without dreaming. And there's a certain point in our development where we stop dreaming, where we stop allowing ourselves to imagine more. You know, I, I know many of your listeners are parents, as, as you and I are, Jay, and we know that when we mm -hmm. watch a three-year-old play, the creativity is just unbounded you know, and, and we, oh, absolutely. oh, and we look at that three-year-old and, and they surprise us, you know, they say things and we say, oh my gosh, she's brilliant. And, you know, the world is her oyster. She can do anything she wants to, and we believe it. And here's the thing, Jay, we were once that three-year-old. We were once mm -hmm. that, that child who could do anything. And somewhere along the way, we forgot to remind ourselves of that. Somewhere along the way, we started limiting ourselves and putting the self-judgment on ourselves. And when we had that little spark that said, oh, I want to, no, no, I don't belong there. Stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's true cross-culturally, cross-race, mm -hmm. cross-sexual identification. I think everyone at some point has that little whisper that wants something different and is too afraid to mm -hmm. reach out and grasp it because they got to stay in their lane. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm sure this could probably turn into a whole nother podcast and yeah. episode. And I tend to wonder because growing up, no one to my memory told me that I couldn't do anything. No one ever mm. discouraged me in a way that I remember verbally that I mm -hmm. couldn't go for my dreams. Mm -hmm. But somehow, maybe mm -hmm. just by watching what others were doing or maybe the tone, I had a similar thing mm -hmm. like you of like, mm -hmm. I was afraid or I felt like, you know what? That's what I want, but maybe I should just reach a little lower, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I tend to wonder how do, how do we end up getting complexes like that? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Oh, oh I like the three. I like that because it's not one. I don't feel too much pressure. Okay. <laughs> Number one would have to be Billie Holiday. Oh, I love that woman. Ooh, okay. Love that woman. Billie She's Holiday. one oh. of my absolute heroes. She mm -hmm. knew how, the reason why is because, well, first of all, she was way ahead of her time. At first, and and yes. she could sing like no other human. And mm -hmm. she was able to rise herself in a, an arena that was absolutely dominated by men. And, mm -hmm. and in a time where even in terms of her, you know, her, her own economic situation, socioeconomic situation, she had very little potential. And the, the other incredible thing about her is she was able to see success and achievement and, and realize her goals and her dreams. And along the way, be so in touch with her own feelings and her own emotions and her own truth to such an extent that when she, you, you know, 
sang and delivered her craft, you just feel it mm -hmm. in your bones. I mean, I admire yes. that. Her, her artistry is just incredible. To this day, you can't help but feel the pain that she could tap into. She was not afraid of mm -hmm. tapping into those very painful emotions. I just admire that so much because the courage that that must take, I, mm -hmm. I, it blows my mind. So Billie Holiday. Um, yeah. The second one would be, I have to say my brother. Okay. 100%. Why? My brother, actually, I'm going to say my two brothers, the second two. Okay. Yeah, the second two of my two brothers, Billy Holiday mm -hmm. and my brothers. <laughs> okay. Well, why your brothers? Why your brothers? Why your brothers? My brothers have taught me who I am. My brothers have given me the tools to be mm -hmm. able to find out my truth. My brothers have traveled my life with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> my brothers have traveled my life with me. Mm. Unlike anybody else has, there's nobody who can know me like my brothers. And my brothers have been the absolute mirrors to mm -hmm. have me really face honestly who I am. Yeah. Oh, I love I'm, I'm curious if I, if I may ask, are these older brothers, younger, somewhere in between? They're both younger, both younger. Yeah. Kudos to the younger brothers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Incredible men. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What is something people would be surprised to know about you that they don't already know? Ooh. See, I didn't remember these questions, Joe. <laughs> They'd be surprised mm -hmm. to know that. Eek, I got a couple things. I got to pick one of them. <laughs> I'm going to say they'd be surprised to know that I'm actually an introvert. I come out as an extrovert. I seem mm. very, very comfortable in okay. social situations. I'm on stage all day with my patients. I'm right. always engaging people but mm -hmm. I crave my time alone. And if I don't have that time, yeah. I, I really notice it. I really suffer. I need it every okay. single day. I need time by myself. Not that you say it, I can see it. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. What's one thing you failed at and or feel you cha was challenging for you and what did you learn? One thing I failed at. Mm -hmm. I failed at so many things. <laughs> I think we all have, if we're all being honest. It's <laughs> hard to pick one. Yeah. Regardless of how one. regardless how people um, define failure, I think we all have failed at many things yeah, throughout I life. I fail on a daily basis. Yeah. Every day I fail. And every day I learn from it. Every single day. I'm, I think that failure is a part of growth failure is a part of success yeah. failure failures dare i say failure is a part of happiness mm -hmm. i really believe oh. that i really Ooh. believe that i didn't think about it that way but honestly yeah it would have to be because how would you know when you're doing good if you never fail at something just like right. how you know you're having a good day if you don't have a bad day so that's I get it that. okay. how can you see the light if you don't stand yeah. in the dark yeah i okay. agree yeah if you could have a billboard with anything on it, 
what would it be and why? You are so much more capable than you give yourself credit for. Oh. Yes. Nice. Okay. And the reason why is because I, I mean it. I believe in the potential in human beings. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I think that we are our greatest critics, our own greatest critics, and we're our own biggest um, roadblocks to our own success. You know, mm -hmm. I think, was it um, Billy? Uh, no, it was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt mm -hmm. who said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yeah. And, and I believe that so deeply is that we are the ones that create our own inferiority and that mm. everyone has the capability of achieving greatness. I believe that. And I know that there's a bigger conversation here about, you know, where you start out in life and what you, tools mm -hmm. you have to start out in life with. But I believe in the potential in every single human being. So I think that would be it. Oh, I like that. Okay. Mm. What advice would you give someone wanting to pr pursue a similar path as yours? Oh, I would say well, if it's dentistry, I would say mm -hmm. um, find a mentor. Actually, I think no matter what it is, get yourself a mentor. Mm -hmm. Find somebody to, who can show you what they did, the mistakes they made, learn from their mistakes, and mm -hmm. help you with the mindset of how to put yourself into the future and do some future tripping. So getting a mentor helps you to be able to imagine yourself in, an, in the future and then start mm -hmm. becoming that person today. Kind of like Muhammad Ali used to do this. He used to he used to future trip all the time. And it's even before mm -hmm. he achieved greatness, even before he was the very best. He told everyone I'm the very best. He wasn't, but he told yeah. everyone he was and mm -hmm. he started living that way from day 1. And in order to be that person, you need to find and surround yourself with those types of people. Who are you aspiring to, um, I don't want to say be like, but who is inspiring you? Because you'll never be like someone else. You're always going to be the very best version of yourself. But finding mentors yes. to help bring that out of you is the key. And no matter what, in dentistry, in coaching, in leadership, in business, mentors are mm -hmm. invaluable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100% agree. Mm -hmm. What's the most important thing you've learned in your life so far? And forgiveness. Why? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Most important thing. And and when I say forgiveness, I mean of mm -hmm. yourself, of yourself as well. The mo actually, I'd say forgiveness of yourself is more important than forgiving, even more important. Mm -hmm. it, forgiving others, huge, but forgiving yourself is the most important thing I've learned. Yeah. Definitely agree. All right. In your opinion, what is the best tip for making the world a better place? I'd say bringing your true authenticity to serve others, mm. but from your own truth. You know, I think that's that's a really great 
question, Jay, because I think sometimes we want to give so much and help other people and want to impact the world in Mm -hmm. a positive way, but we do so from Mm -hmm. a perspective that we think is expected of us. It's the same thing about this um, definition of success that's outside of ourselves, that's put on us. It's the same thing about Mm -hmm. impacting the world. We think we have to do it in a specific way, in a pre- prescribed fashion. And the truth is that you can have the greatest impact on the world when you bring your own truth and your own authenticity. Because, you know, I was talking to a client the other day who I was coaching, and Mm -hmm. she's a successful dentist, and she's doing very well. And she was so stressed out about affecting people in a positive way. She felt like she was being held back and limited Mm in her job where she okay. really wanted to make a bigger impact on the community than she she was. And she was being held back by insurance companies and business issues. And hmm. what was really interesting is we were able to see that she had this enormous, despite her business position, her position in the business that she was in, she had this enormous gift of impacting her own children in such a big way that they were stepping out and being huge proponents for change in their community just by her empowering them. So through her children, Mm -hmm. she was making this enormous impact and she was even forgetting about that. She didn't even notice the impact that she was having through her children by leading them Uh and by giving them the tools they needed. And it was so fascinating to see the shift in her when she was able to see that she was making an impact in a way she'd never even considered. Just by being her authentic self and being this incredible mother that she was being, she was having a much bigger impact in the community than she was able to do in her in her position in her dental practice. So I think that sometimes it just takes a shift of perception to empower right. us again so that we don't feel like victims of the system we're in or the position we're in. But it's so hard to change or grow out of something if you don't feel empowered. But when you can look into your life's situation and find that nugget of empowerment again, now Mm -hmm. she had the strength to make changes in her business when she could realize the empowerment she had through her children. So I think that bringing your own authenticity is the best way to have a good positive impact in the community. Love that. All right. Makes yeah. sense to me. I'm sure it makes yeah. sense to everyone out there. Okay. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? I love you. That's oh. it. That's it. Okay. That's I all I needed. And I love that. All that's right. all I needed. And that's all I wish for her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wish that we could all give ourselves that same, that same permission mm-hmm. to just love that sweet girl who was trying Mm -hmm. so hard, who was making so many mistakes, who was fumbling and falling and just hold her and say, I I got you. I love you. It's going to be okay. Okay. Nice. All right. So Taryn, what are you afraid of? Hmm. What am I afraid of? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I'm afraid of 
not seeing my dreams to their full potential. Yeah, I'm afraid of standing in my own in my own way from not seeing my dreams to their full potential. Yeah. Fair enough. I think I have that same fear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a few questions left. They're going to get tougher. Okay. These are good. Jay, I'm impressed. Oh, well, well thank you. Thank you. We don't play it by the bully. Man, we bring these the are heat. good. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I almost, I feel like you should put these, uh, Publish them somewhere. These are questions people should be asking themselves all the time. I think this is a really Actually, funny enough. I, yeah. Funny enough, I have an idea about these questions. Yeah. But I will tell you offline. Okay, great. <laughs> I, do, I, I think these Definitely. could be enormous, right. enormous tools for self-growth. I love it. I love these questions. Um, so if in 150 years science fails to save us all, Taryn. And the only thing that's left is a book about your life. What would the title be? And oh, what would the back say? Oh, man, these are all so good, Jay. <laughs> I think it would have to say something about permission to dream permission to dream. And so there you go. There's the title permission to dream. And the back would say okay. that um, something to the effect of redefining success for ourselves, for our unique mm. um, value system and giving mm -hmm. ourselves permission to dream is the way to find purpose and passion in our lives and for inner fulfillment. Yeah. All right. I love it. I think I'd pick that book up in the apocalypse. Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Now, resources can be people, books, websites, phone numbers, people, whatever has helped you along the way. Definitely books. Definitely books have been the biggest resource for me. Find There's so much value in the poetry and the written word that so many people have poured into. I think another resource for me has been music. Um, and once again, there's that poetry and, mm. and the verbiage yeah. again. And I think when people create art, they create it from such a truth and authentic place. Not always, but the ones that do, those are the ones that I'm most attracted to. And I think it's that authenticity that is the greatest inspiration for me in terms of my own development, my own growth and permission for me to tap into that, those, those same venues of, um, you know, understanding my truth mm. and then putting it into a word that other people can understand or inspire other people. So definitely, I think books mm -hmm. and music, and then and then I'd have to say also relationships. And it doesn't have to be relationships with spectacularly successful people, but you know, relationships 
teach you so much, the good ones and the bad ones. The most difficult, uncomfortable relationships I've had have been some of my biggest mirrors for showing me about the truth about myself. People who I'm no longer in contact with, who I've separated myself from, actually were my biggest teachers. So I believe strongly in the power of relationships. Oh, right. You make a valid point. I, I tend to forget sometimes how important it is or how important people have been in my life that I might not even talk to them anymore. So yeah. that's, that's a very good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe. So last I, question. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I don't want to cut off your on your thought. What were you about to say? I was just going to say, I believe also that different relationships come to us for different reasons in our lives and that every relationship mm -hmm. doesn't have to live the longevity of our life, that it can be a short term um, amount of time that we're in a relationship with someone and it can still, ooh, and it can still be impactful. <laughs> there you are. I'm right. <laughs> Sorry about that. It just cut out. No problem. No problem. I, I was just saying, I believe that relationships are in our lives for different lengths of time. And it doesn't mean that they're any less valuable. They don't all have to last a lifetime. They can be very impactful mm. in short bursts and very important to our growth and development, even if they only last a few years. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Definitely. I, um, so last question. For all those looking to find coaching or just think that you're a really cool dope person where can our listeners connect with you online oh absolutely that, that now that's the best question of them all okay no i'm just kidding <laughs> i would love <laughs> i'd love to meet some of your listeners and please anyone's welcome to contact me you can reach me online at uh, Taryn at the business of the biz of happiness.com B I Z Taryn T A R R Y N at the biz of happiness.com or the biz of happiness on Instagram or Facebook and online at www.thebizofhappiness.com. Oh, thank you, Taryn. And I want to be um, respectful of your time. I know you're a very busy lady. Thank you. But before I officially before I officially let you go, are there any last thoughts or pearls of wisdom you'd love to share with the audience right now? I think the biggest thing is just to believe in yourself and to recognize once again that you're so much more capable than you give yourself credit for and to give yourself permission mm. to dream. And that's it. Okay. All right. Thank you, Taryn. I, I don't think there's anything else I can add to that other than thank you everyone for watching. Thank you, Taryn, so much for being here and sharing your experience, your wisdom, and your knowledge. And everybody, this has been Bite the Bullet. We will catch you all later. Thank you, Jay. Bye-bye.